Today, we bask in the light of mustachioed greatness. That is my superhero voice. Um, I get it. I get it. It's not very good. What is up? I am Daniel J. Segura. We are going to be taking a trip back to 1993 when Boom Shake the Room was at the top of the charts. Mortal Kombat 2 was released on like 10 different freaking video game consoles. And the Dallas Cowboys were actually winning Super Bowls. It was a good time for all. Well, unless you weren't a Dallas Cowboys fan. But to make the year even more badass, we had the first ever African-American superhero to be featured on any screen. Big screen, small screen, it was awesome. Sporting a multi-bristled superhero mustache, Robert Townsend created an emerald cape crusader that took an entirely fresh twist on the superhero genre and the characteristics that make a superhero. It's time to shine a light on the man that paved the way for superheroes like Blade, Black Lightning, and Luke Cage, the Black Panther, all that good stuff, and his name is The Meteor Man. Now play that not very heroic theme song. It's the Mustachio Podcast, yo. We're ready for the show. We'll watch moves, we'll make jokes, and then we'll all go home. Navigating the legendary hairy upper lips. It's the Mustachio Podcast, yo. Alright, I'm looking forward to this episode. The reason I decided to cover Meteor Man is because it is the first movie that I can remember ever seeing at a drive-in theater. And honestly, the first movie I can remember seeing at a theater. I don't think, um, I think my parents were definitely, uh, definitely took that route of not taking young kids to the movie theater. And also, it was a pretty special thing for us to go to the movie theater. It wasn't something we did very often. You know, money was tight and, you know, it was more important to have food on the table than, you know, go to the theater. But um, when we did go, it was super special. Like, it felt incredibly special. And I think that's why I really remember this moment because it was definitely the first time I went to the drive-in. I was like eight years old. And, um, I, I think my dad chose this movie just because obviously it was it was a movie that uh, had a superhero in it and and it was like funny and it was for kids so I think and it also there was he knew there would be some stuff that he could you know laugh at too so it was a good mix you know and uh, we we checked that out at the at the drive-in the Mission Drive-in Theater in San Antonio and I just remember loving the soundtrack to the movie um it was just a lot of great dance songs um even some jazz stuff there too and the comedy was actually you know mostly geared toward children like i said but it was super funny like i remember laughing with my sister and we had a great time i do remember feeling like it was kind of long i guess my attention span just wasn't there as a kid and to think that that was a double feature situation like most drive-ins and i think um the movie after that was I Married an Axe Murderer. <laughs> For some reason, they put a Mike Myers film. <laughs> so needless to say, that movie seemed boring as hell after Meteor Man as a kid. I was just like, what? I think we left halfway through. I don't know if we finished it because both me and my sister were like poofed. We were just like, ooh, you know, we're good. Meteor Man, we were done. Uh, after Meteor Man, we were just ready to go home. Uh, when we had such a good time and so I thought hey let's revisit this you know it's very um, something I'm very nostalgic about uh, and I thought I thought it would be a good time because basically 
you know, in the 90s, superhero movies were not even close to as prominent as they are now. Um, my favorite superhero movie at the time were the teenage, was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie that came out in 1990. And it was like the greatest thing ever uh, for little Danielito, you know. <laughs> I, I was hyped. I love the Ninja Turtles. Um, I love that they had that. They weren't so corn like well they're actually they were very corny but um at the time they didn't seem corny and they seemed more um i don't know how to explain it like they weren't as cheesy as what superhero cartoons and and comic books seemed like you know superman i never liked him as a kid growing up i thought he was cheesy i thought he was kind of boring and too goody two shoes i just it did not appeal to me i didn't grow up in that kind of environment i grew up in a in a in a rougher you know, uh, uh, edgier type environment. And um, it felt, it, when I would see Superman or Spider-Man cartoons, I liked it, don't get me wrong, but it just wasn't anything I could really relate to. But, you know, the N Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, it's just a fun time to uh, to be alive back in the early 90s. The, the movies, the superhero movies that did come out, like Ninja Turtles, and, uh, and, and then this movie came in 93, and yeah, I was I was ready to to enjoy it, and I do remember wanting at the time because there just wasn't a lot of superhero movies. I just remember really wanting to see a superhero in live action, and that's exactly what the Meteor Man did, in a way that I could actually relate to, like I was saying. Uh, and you gotta admit, aside from writing, directing, and starring in this movie, Robert Townsend may be the greatest pitchman of all time. This Vato got James Earl Jones, Luther Vandross, Sinbad, Nancy Wilson, Cypress Hill, Another Bad Creation, Naughty by Nature, Eddie Griffin, Big Daddy Kane, and John Witherspoon all into freaking one movie. Like, how do you even do that? And I remember, I don't, because I wasn't, um, because I was so young back then, I didn't re recognize a lot of these big names. You know, I recognized some of them like the you know um bill cosby's in this movie and so i do remember that monster human because he uh he he was in you know he was so big and he was in a lot of our childhoods um at the time and you know the guy's a freaking piece of shit and i won't be highlighting him too much and he's really not they made him kind of integral but he has no lines in this movie really and so I didn't want him to taint uh, the experience of what this movie means to me, you know, and I really did want to cover it. So it is kind of amazing how many really famous and talented entertainers that Robert Townsend got into this movie. But, you know, I started thinking about it back then. If someone, you know, and I was a, a any kind of entertainer, singer, producer, director, you know, actor, musician, if Robert Townsend called me and said, hey, you want to be in the first black superhero movie? I would have been like, hell yeah. Like, where do I sign? So um, either way, I think it was uh, it was well worth it. Uh, that I'm glad that they all took part in this movie. So let's get started with breaking down this bad boy. This is the movie Breakdown. Fuck that. Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-
<laughs> I don't know if some of y'all, uh, if y'all eat Mexican candies or not, but there's these Chinese candies that were huge, and I think they're still very popular. But they're basically like dehydrated, chi dehydrated Chinese plums that have been salted and all kinds of stuff, so you kind of get that salty sweet flavor. I was never a crazy huge fan, but if they were around, I would definitely have a, you know, have one or two. Anyway, so this is the actual meteor. It's kind of like greenish colored. And it looks like some other crazy fast rock formation, just as like, probably an asteroid or something is like flying through. It runs into it and boom, big old huge explosion. We see a solid piece of this mysterious meteor just start firing itself all the way straight toward what looks like our galaxy. And it is heading right to us. I actually really like that they just kind of knock all this out real quick. You know, they didn't have like any scientist bullshit or like, oh, there's a meteor coming. Oh, you know, <laughs> they like, fuck that. We don't need that. Like, you know, we understand there's a freaking meteor. It got exploded and now it's heading to Earth. Boom. Man, that took like 10 seconds. And I think Robert Townsend did a great job of of trimming some of that stuff up so that way he can focus more on the human element of the actual movie and focus on that story part of it instead of focusing on the sciency part of it. Uh, I mean, Eddie Griffin is like the science part of this movie. So that tells you, <laughs> that kind of tells you that, yeah, you know, he's a comedian. He's a comedian, you know, he's super funny in this movie, by the way. We'll, we'll get to more of his lines. But I remember seeing him in a white coat. I was like, wait, is he like the science guy in this movie? Okay, cool. I get that. And so um, from there, we jump into the most 90s song you can imagine in your head right now. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is actually the song that has uh, Michael Jackson in it, I think. And uh, we're in Washington, D.C. Uh, Townsend's waking up uh, thanks to his trusty dog that acts sort of like an alarm clock, which, um, needless to say, my dogs do the exact same thing, but I don't want them to wake me up. <laughs> but the, as soon as the sun starts coming through, they start moving around. They've gotten a little better about it, but... They would just start moving around, you know, licking my hand while I'm trying to. I'm like, yo, yo, you're a giant dog. I know you can hold in your pee just a little bit longer. But um, anyway, it's actually started coming in handy because I do need to get up earlier and get more stuff done. You only have 24 hours a day to get shit done. You know what I mean? So I kind of appreciate it in a little bit. And uh, I kind of appreciate it in, in a certain kind of way. <laughs> but it also still pisses me off. <laughs> so anyway his dog wakes him up he's heading to work and runs into good old james earl jones uh sporting the some random ass like bull haircut wig and what's really dope about his apartment because he just has like his door open it's kind of cool like i don't know if that's a thing it certainly wasn't a thing when i was living in an apartment but yeah he's just kind of got his door open listening to music it's like more communal you know and he has like a freaking huge record collection it looks like and uh he's like trying on wigs he's like he's like hey what do you think of this wig and towns is just trying to be nice he you can already tell immediately and he did a really good job of presenting this character as someone who's just very a very sympathetic type character very um he's soft-spoken he's not someone that's going to come in and just like start badgering people he's just a very kind of gentle guy you know and um he's trying to be nice and he, the, even though James Earl Jones looks ridiculous, he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you look good. I think James Earl Jones puts on another uh, another wig. <laughs> and uh, anyway, it's a fun little thing. 
I think he mentioned something about the, re- oh, I think he wants to like trade some records or something like that. And James Earl Jones is like, eh, I ain't getting rid of any of these. So then um, we, we're at his, his office, or not his office, we're at his, his workplace. And it looks like he's in a school because he plays a uh, substitute teacher in this in this movie, which is kind of funny. Uh, it's so random. Okay, you, know, you, you rarely have movies that center around a substitute teacher. There's a few out there, but uh, especially one being, you know, a superhero movie. So he runs into a young, uh, really young, baby-faced uh, Eddie Griffin. And like I said earlier, uh, Griffin is dressed like a scientist or something. I'm guessing he's a science teacher and he just likes to go the full... <laughs> He likes to go the, the, all the way with it, you know, put on the little jacket and everything. Because none of my science teachers ever had lab coats, but I think it's kind of cool. I would have liked it. You know, it kind of makes you feel like, you know, like you're watching Bill Nye or something. And uh, Griffin's definitely uh, going to be the sex guy in this movie. <laughs> you know, there's always, especially in the 90s, there's always that one guy who's just hornier than everybody else. Uh, <laughs> that's Eddie Griffin in this movie. To a fault, this guy just, he, he you know, he's young. He's I guess he's like, what? late 20s or something he's ready to get out there and he's also trying to help hook up his friends too so he's he's bothering townsend about you know finding a date for some kind of event that's happening i think there's a jazz concert and uh townsend's like "Eh, i don't know i don't know about that and griffin has some pretty funny lines in in this uh in this little exchange here and then all of a sudden townsend runs into like some little kid accidentally and the kid just points at him and shakes his head like yo (laughs) You'll be getting yours, Teach. You know, you were in my way. <laughs> so, the, by the way, the little kids in this movie are hardcore, man. Like, it's one of the few movies I can think of where the little kids are like pretty <laughs> rowdy. Um, it kind of reminds me of of my elementary school days. I remember it was like, it was definitely you know you got your machismo thing. Uh, uh, you definitely have your machismo thing when it comes to the the Latinx culture and oh yeah you know I remember being third fourth grade everyone wanted to be a little tough tough kid the the tougher you were the better you know people that was a good way to get friends obviously I I was not great at doing that so <laughs> you can anyone that knew me <laughs> when I was a kid can attest that I was definitely more like Robert Townsend's character <laughs> growing up I didn't get angry until later um. So anyway, uh, Townsend gets called into the principal's office. Um, there's a kid that's been getting picked on because I guess he has a philosophy, um, which is so weird. He has a philosophy to tell the kids that are smaller um, to learn how to hide and to eat faster at lunch <laughs> so they don't get hurt because they're, you know, obviously they're, they're slim, they're easy pickings, I mean, for, for bullies. And he tried to tell him like hey evade <laughs> in which hey i remember doing that sometimes you know you would remember the bu- the school bully like what route he took in school and you would find an alternate route even if it was more convenient to go to your class a certain way you would kind of go a different route just like ah, i'd rather just not deal with it and so and so the mom uh, steps up and she is so pissed off. She starts talking some mad trash. I thought she was going to deck him in the face at first. And uh, she's coming at him. And basically she's pissed off because now her kid's getting picked on even more because of that type of... Um, basically it's making him look even weaker. So the bullies are really starting to beat him up. And he's like has his arm in a little sling. He's all hurt. Um, this is actually when we find out he's a substitute teacher because at first you just think he's a regular teacher and he's dressed like more like a 
college professor. And so you, I was, I was not thinking he was a substitute at first. And so, yeah, they're like, that's a substitute teacher trying to tell our kid how to, you know, behave at school, you know? So it's, it's a, it, it was a rough situation for, for poor towns in there. Uh, he apologizes and walks out of the room and now Townsend's walking in the neighborhood with, uh, with his pops and some neighborhood friends. Um, I think, uh, his buddies that live in the apartment complex he's in, this includes James Earl Jones, who's wearing like a Christopher Reed high top hair, <laughs> high top hair wig. Oh, it's freaking hilarious, man. Cause he's so, he's so genuine and serious about it. It just makes it even funnier. James Earl Jones is really funny when he's not when he's being James Earl Jones, like being that stoic way that he is, but then you put him like silly stuff, but he's still being that stoic way. It just, it's perfect, man. I think uh, Townsend definitely directed that really well. He also kind of looks like Gerald from Hey Arnold. <laughs> the wig is just boom, straight up. And uh, anyway, the family sees some gang members that are all, you know, dressed the same for some reason. I don't remember any of the gang members doing that. There's, it might be mutual colors, but, but that's why I think this, was so perfect to adapt to comic books because that is a great idea you know have the kind of like in the warriors which was i think in the 70s um that was a great movie um you know having the gangs wear all like a similar type uniform just adds to the whole comic book feel to it and so you see them kind of threatening some dude who probably owes him money because he kind of looks like he's pretty uh pretty drugged out and Townsend is right alike, like right away, like, hey, let's cross the street. Uh, let's just avoid it. You know, he's more about avoidance, and his pops is completely different than him. He's like, hell no. Um, and first of all, I think they could have stayed on this. It was a pretty decent sidewalk. I would have just been like, hey guys, let's just kind of just ignore them. Let's just kind of the way I dealt with it. You know, where I grew up. Yeah, I would see stuff going on like that, and I would just act normal. Yeah, I think the weirder you act, the more they notice it. So crossing the street and coming toward them like that, it's, they're both bad ideas. I think the best is just act normal and just, you know, keep doing your thing. <laughs> Don't bring any attention to yourself. But anyway, so his dad is just like not having it. And I like the fact that his dad could have just walked around, but instead just runs into Don Cheadle. This is when we see babyface Don Cheadle. There's a lot of babyface famous actors in this freaking movie. We see good old Don Cheeto with nice bleached hair, looking badass, and his like full like like it's like a bomber jacket with some black pants and I think boots. Like they just look dope, and uh, he runs into him, and I think he drop makes Don Cheeto drop something. It looks like a little, um, oh, I don't know what you call that. Like a, damn it, it's like a little glass cylindrical thing that's holding a powder. You know, they don't ever say what the, they mention crack a lot, but it looked more like some kind of cocaine or something, but it falls to the floor and Cheeto's like, Hey man, you're lucky that didn't break. And the dad is like, Oh yeah. And boom, just crushes it on the ground. And Cheeto is like, Oh shit. Like he looked pissed off and you get this feeling that, um, Cheeto's going to kind of put that in his checklist of guys he's going to need to check, you know, uh, later. <laughs> check on later. <laughs> Found a way to say checked like three times in one sentence. That's horrible. So now we see Townsend uh, in the next scene. So excited to get to his next live jazz show. I forgot to mention, he. I, they kind of they kind of say it, but you never actually see him do anything. You never see him play an instrument, but they do mention that he's um, 
in a jazz band like a trio or or something not a trio it's either a jazz trio or, or um quintet they might use jazz quintet i don't remember but anyway that doesn't even matter but he's <laughs> he's running with he's running to his car he's super excited he's got a giant floor bass um you can tell because he, he has it in the case but you can tell it's like that's like the only instrument that looks that freaking giant so it looks like he's a floor bass player and he he gets into his car and unfortunately womp womp he's got no freaking gas so he his parents are super involved in the community and they have a community center there right in the neighborhood so that's where he knew that his parents would be so he heads over there to basically ask his mom for a couple of bucks you know five bucks back then five bucks could fill your tank halfway <laughs> like now where it's just like and he and at the time uh in the community center they're talking about the crime and how bad it is and his dad's presenting an idea of having sort of a neighborhood watch but like a legit one where you actually have patrols that go on a schedule and he had like a little hat like an orange hat and everyone's like man i don't want to wear that stupid hat and this and that but you know his dad's really trying to find a way to protect the neighborhood and everyone is sort of um wants to protect the neighborhood but they all have different ways that they want to do it and this and that so they're not really agreeing on it and townsend is just once again he's all about avoidance and he doesn't really want to talk about or acknowledge it and in his mind it's a defeatist he has a defeatist type attitude because in his mind it's a losing war and why do you want to even try messing with those gangsters um because it's only going to make things uh worse for everybody and his dad really wants him to be more um involved in in getting into that whole thing and he and he's just you know towns is just not having any of it so he ends up heading to his car after he gets the gas money um and the car has unfortunately been broken into it took the radio and even worse they took his floor base which i can't even imagine that would drive me i was a trumpet player for a long time and if if someone had stole my trumpet the amount of rage <laughs> would have flow would have just been flowing through my veins you get kind of like a when it comes to playing an instrument man you, you there's an attachment to a specific instrument sometimes like i had such an attachment to 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 my specific trumpet i would have been so bummed i even remember my band director getting me a different horn that was supposed to be better and it was on paper a better horn and i felt so bad because he got it specifically for me to um playing competition for solos and stuff and i couldn't i just didn't like it <laughs> and so it happens you know you just sometimes the uh, it's not so much about the quality it's it's about how comfortable you are with it and so anyway townsend is so bummed out uh as he should be and he sees and i think this is where they really show how uh thoughtful his character is because he, this just happened and he sees some trash that's on the sidewalk and he picks it up and like it, all this is happening and he sees trash and he's like oh this should be in the trash can <laughs> you know like most people wouldn't think that way but he does so he picks up some some bottles and stuff that was on the ground and he heads to the alley where there's a trash can to dump it he gets to the alley to dump it and at the exact same time i guess i don't know i guess the gang is having some kind of um meeting or something they're all hanging out in the alley and they all have this bleach blonde hair they wear those bomber jackets like i said they weren't all black 
and they come into like these vatos come in like a russian doll formation like the little dudes are in the front the medium-sized dudes come in after that like all lined up and then the super big dudes come in at the very back <laughs> i'm like that's different <laughs> let's put the little ones in the front <laughs> and so uh it's 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 kind of um symbolic in a way because it's it's it shows that and it's true um i remember there i i used to call it junior gangs growing up and yeah I, I remember getting asked to get rolled into a gang by uh, by the time i was in third grade and you were normally just running errands and doing stuff for the gangsters that were teenagers and then those teenagers were running errands and doing stuff for the gangs uh the gang leaders that were older than that in their 20s and 30s so yeah um it's just one of those cycles and you want to be a part of something that's bigger than you and you want to feel safe in, a, in your neighborhood that's rough you want to feel like you're part of something and protected and i think that's what's very attractive um you know to get in a gang and luckily early on i just never wanted i hated being told what to do i was already dealing with that enough at home and then at school and i didn't want to add more to that and that was always my excuse and it worked <laughs> it worked from like third fourth fifth because like every year i would get asked but then eventually i was so fucking nerdy nobody wanted me in their gang <laughs> by sixth grade i was so nerdy with my glasses and my i was wearing tight pants when they weren't cool <laughs> everyone's wearing jinkos i had fucking tight wranglers on so yeah nobody wanted me in their gang at that point i could have done good you know i could have done some of the math counting the money but no they don't you know they didn't want me in there um i didn't want to be in there anyway but uh but yeah it worked out for me but anyway, so these guys are called the Golden Lords, as we find out very soon. And all you hear is the sound of a slinky in the darkness. And I would have never thought, I don't know if Townsend thought of this, I don't know who thought of this, but the idea of the slinky, and it's such a recognizable sound. And you know right away, you're like, who the hell's playing with this slinky right now? <laughs> it would have been funny if Townsend just turned and it's just a little kid playing with the slinky at the stairs. <laughs> But no, um, this is the, uh, you know, every bad guy has to have his, his shtick. And uh, for, for this bad guy, I think his name is Simon. He likes to sport this little slinky. And he's coming out of the darkness and he, he comes up into the front of the group. And they see Townsend and boom, they start running toward him. I don't know if it's because the dad pissed them off. And so they're going to mess him up. I'm not really sure. Or if it's just the fact that they saw him there. Because I don't remember there being a reason why they would attack him. I guess maybe they wanted to mug him. But I mean, he obviously doesn't have a whole bunch of money. And they just, I don't know. If, I'm pretty sure they knew they broke into his car. So that already happened. Uh, so they pretty much took the stuff that's valuable um, from him there from the car. So I don't know. But they all start chasing him. Like the entire gang pretty much. <laughs> So I don't know if this is just a, oh, you know what? I just remembered. I think it's because they're basically rolling in or, um, you know, uh, what is it called when you're, I can't think of the word, but uh, initiating. Basically, they're initiating some some young kids that are joining the gang. And I think part of it is they got to like whoop his ass or something. So they all start chasing him down. And... Uh, and also, let me say, the Golden Lords, you got to admit, it's cool for the time. Like, I, I think when I was a kid, I thought, like, oh, that's dope. But now more I think of it, man, this sounds like a cult. 
<laughs> Welcome to the Golden Lords. <laughs> it sounds very cult-like, but um, I guess that's why it works. And the the little kid, his name is Squirrel. He um, they they chase him down, and Townsend runs into a dumpster, and this the little kid Squirrel finds him, and uh, they're like. I think you even hear Cheadle say, there's no way he's in the dumpster, man. Like, he's not going to go in a dumpster. How dumb is that? It was like he found a spot so cliche that they didn't think he was going to be in there. <laughs> so the little kid looks in and he sees Townsend looking terrified as all hell. And this kid is actually one of the kids from the school. And I think he sort of pitied him. And he didn't say anything. You know, Cheadle's like, is he in there? And the kid looks at Townsend and then looks up. and He's like, nah, nobody's in here. Which, oof, talk about a hit to the chicklets, man. A little kid that's like seven, six years old talking some mad smack at you like that. But to make matters even worse, they end up leaving. And Townsend stays in that damn dumpster for like four hours or something. Just he's so terrified. So he comes out like in the middle of the night when I'm sure all the Golden Lords are fast asleep at this point. He's walking through the alley and a strong wind starts coming through and a bright green giant rock seems to be coming straight toward him. He's the chosen one, you know. And like any genius, instead of running to the side where the meteor is coming at him, he runs straight back. <laughs> Have you ever seen that happen? I don't get that. Just run to the side. <laughs> but, but then again, it would be no, it would be into movie at that point. So I guess he needed to do this. He starts running straight down the alley, and he actually directed this really well. This whole sequence is dope as hell. I remember as a kid, I loved the special effects and everything, and it still holds up to be honest. And the the meteor just boom, he turns around, the meteor just lands right in his chest, and his skin just starts like absorbing it inside. But it's also it's burned the shit out of him. Like you can see, he's just like burned ass up and um burned ass up <laughs> i meant burned his ass up <laughs> he is burned ass up and um and then at the same time while this is all happening you see um what looks like a hermit or some strange man that's out in the darkness grab grab a big old chunk of the rock and uh he ends up going uh townsend ends up getting picked up by an ambulance and uh it's crazy it's very much like a symbiote or something like a symbiote came in and absorbed into his body or something because it's a rock so i don't even know maybe it was made of a space material you know so you don't know and so he gets picked up by the ambulance he gets to the hospital they're working on him it's a whole sequence he's has you know he got hurt really bad obviously so uh then after all this after they're all working on him he's all gauzed up you can't see his face or nothing. They had to cover his whole body because it was all burned. We see Eddie Griffin praying over him and everything. And he's sad. Like, I mean, he's like his best friend. And so he's he's leaving the room. And all of a sudden, this like super good-looking nurse comes through. And it's such perfect timing because you know that you know uh, Eddie Griffin saw her on his way out. And after just a few seconds, he just slowly paces his way back in. <laughs> <laughs> and he tries to get the he tries to do the pity card like oh man this is so bummed about my friend you want to go out with me <laughs> doesn't quite work out she doesn't get the hell out and uh so now all the docs are looking at townsend's x-rays and his blood and his vitals and they're like what the hell like all of a sudden he's doing great and so they all pile into his room 
because this is like a freaking marvel you know like they've never seen a medical marvel they ask him to take his bandages off and it's so it's so cheesy but i still it still kind of made me chuckle because they take off the bandages and the doctor's like oh my god you know and Townsend's like mirror give me a mirror you know kind of akin to the joker in 1989's batman and uh he puts the he puts a mirror to his face he's like oh i look like this every day and then the doctor's like oh uh <laughs> it just uh, it's funny um i mean Townsend looks completely normal but it was still a funny bit to me and so anyway they're like this dude had third degree burns and all of a sudden he's healthy i mean he still even has his mustache you know obviously his mustache was fully intact and and so uh the the doctor starts making up some excuse about why this happened and how he healed and all of a sudden this person has what i guess is the original medical book of all time because this thing is freaking giant it's like the stick is a thick as a tire and it touches townsend's hand just barely and you see some glowy green shit happen some green magic stuff not one of the 50 people see it <laughs> So I don't know if only Townsend sees this green stuff because throughout the movie, there's a bunch of green things that happen and no one ever seems to react to it. <laughs> I'll be like, holy shit, there's like a neon green spark coming from that dude. And all of a sudden he knows exactly what is everything and everything that's in that book. And he explains to the doctor what actually happened and how what he's saying isn't true and this and that. But then all of a sudden he just goes blank. So this is when we start getting figuring out some of his powers and stuff. Then we see a scene where Townsend's asleep. He wakes up with a big old bang from a metal tray hitting the floor. And he looks right away because he's alert. And it turns out he has x-ray vision. He's seeing through the through the rooms. He can see he's looking through all the walls. He looks down. He can see people he can see through people's clothes. <laughs> which I thought was kind of funny. Um I remember laughing at that as a kid. I don't know why, like stupid shit like that was just funny to me. And he uh it's funny because he tries to get Vanessa the the hot nurse to come through to take care of him because he wants to see you know he wants to see the through those scrubs and uh unfortunately it's not vanessa that comes in it's like more like vanessa's grandmother <laughs> and i love this lady i i can't i don't have her name on me but she's been in, she was in a lot of stuff in the 90s and she's just freaking hilarious man i'm sure some of y'all know her you're probably yelling at it uh, yelling uh at your <laughs> yelling at the podcast but she is so freaking funny so anyway, at this point, Townsend heads home. So now we know he has two powers. He can touch things and learn about them for a period of time. And he can see through walls. So, cool. We are going to be creating quite a list of powers in this movie. <laughs> well, we have two. Maybe it's best he didn't just throw them all at us. You know, because we would have forgotten. They kind of space them out a lot. Like, you know, it's crazy how he spaces out all these powers. And... um so Townsend's heading home. Okay, and now we are actually at the Golden Lord's uh, headquarters, which looks like a business building. Oh, they're having their meeting, and Simon is saying something like, we already run the market in D.C., Baltimore, and Philly. At this rate, we're going to, uh, in three months, it basically says in three months, they're going to be moving to New York. And if they can make it in New York, they can make it anywhere. And of course, like whenever a bad guy says something like that, everyone has to laugh. So everyone's like, oh, ha, ha. well, that's not how they laugh. <laughs> that's how I would do it. 
<laughs> and it's funny because at this point, I noticed there's a goddamn tiger in the back of the room. I'm like, damn, that's baller. Like, that is when you are owning a city. You got damn tiger indoors just hanging out. And I'm sure the Tiger King was just waiting after the production to take that one. <laughs> are y'all done with this one? And so now they are. Uh, now all of a sudden, I think all these... Um, also, it's kind of cool. In this scene, they're all wearing business. It's like, hey, guys, we're going to have a meeting. So wear your business attire. Wear your gold ties and everything. They all look dope. Um, and then he's on the phone or something. And six of the little, I call them mini goldies. I think they're called, oh, what are they called? Golden Lord Juniors or something. Like Junior Lords. I don't remember. But there's a name for them. But I just call them um, <laughs> mini goldies. <laughs> And you're, I think I start call. Eventually, I started calling the Golden Lords the Goldie Lordies, which kind of takes away the toughness of it, but it's just fun to say. And these little mini Goldies come in uh, with lunch boxes, all that look the same, and I think they have drugs in them. I don't know. They all open them, and there's like a package in there. But I was watching this on a. I bought this on Laserdisc because I'm, I don't know, something's wrong with me. I really wanted it on Laserdisc, and so I was watching it on like a freaking 14-inch CRT, so couldn't quite make out <laughs> what, the, what was in those lunchboxes, but I'm just figuring that's what it is. Because, I mean, that's genius, you know, having kids walk around in lunchboxes, the cops aren't going to figure that they're, they're, there's drugs in there. Uh, even though they're all dressed the same, <laughs> they all look like suspicious kids, though. <laughs> so now uh, Townsend gets home, and he's happy to be home. His dog is there, and he's asking his dog what he wants to eat, and his dog barks a couple of times, and then all of a sudden he hears, like, the red can, you know? So now he's like, what the? Did I just understand what he said? So it turns out this meteor was coming in with some weird shit because now all of a sudden he's like got Dr. Doolittle powers. They don't ever show him talking to other animals. Like, there's not a bird that lands on his window, and he's talking to the bird or anything like that. But they do show him talking to his dog. And it's kind of funny, and his dog is super cute. I don't know what kind of dog it is, but it's good. It's a pretty, pretty cute dog. And he's like tripping out, like holy crap! I can talk to my dog, and he can also speak dog. Like he can speak and barking, and and they show his little captions, uh, so, um, to show what he's saying. So Eddie Griffin comes into the uh, into his apartment to bring him his mail and stuff. So I'm guessing he he also lives in the complex. And Townsend tells him, "Hey man, I can talk to Ellington." And he tells Ellington, hey, Ellington, um, uh, say hi to Eddie. And uh, he says he says it to Ellington to say hi to Ellie, e e Eddie, but in dog barking. So he's like, ruff, 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 ruff. and so then Ellington goes, ruff, ruff, ruff. but all the caption is like, hey, what's up, Eddie, or whatever his name is in the movie. And it's so funny because Eddie just gives this unimpressed face like, okay, you made barking sounds and your dog made barking sounds. I don't think that's called speech. <laughs> I don't think that means that you know what your dog is saying. <laughs> also, when he tells uh, Eddie Griffin that he can touch books, and Griffin tests his powers, and it's it's a pretty cool scene. And uh, this is when we're unfortunately introduced to yes, the human monster man, who plays uh, uh, the guy that got the the meteor piece he so he has like a rock in a box and he's he's in his apartment and he can he basically just kind of touches the rock and he's able to do some of the same stuff 
that Townsend's able to do. He's like levitating stuff and things like that. So this is just basically to show that he also has that rock there. So then we see Townsend's pops um, walking through the neighborhood and he gets jumped out of nowhere. The gang is just basically waiting for him. Uh, I don't know why you need to send like, I don't even know how many guys were there. Like, I think two guys can handle a, an older guy, but it's like the whole gang. And then we're at a teacher meeting and Wallace Sean, that's his name. Uh, Wallace Sean is there. He's the guy from like Princess Bride. I think he's the dinosaur from Toy Story. He just has that super recognizable voice. And you know what his voice is really good at? whining and bitching and so that's what he's doing in this in this scene he's a teacher and they're they're at the the teacher's meeting and he's like bitching about the kids and this and that and they're they're messing with his car and like putting the air out of his tires and he wants this kid to get transferred out and townsend just shows like oh by the way i don't think I've, i don't know if substitute i guess permanent substitutes gets get uh, invited to those type of meetings but it's pretty rare for uh substitute of being anything involved in anything like that but he gets up and he starts wanting to give this inspirational speech about the kids and that these kids need us but then he starts seeing through the walls and he sees the kids doing all kinds of mischief they're breaking into lockers um i think they see he sees a uh, some kid like just destroying uh the car of the teacher that was just whining about it right now which is kind of funny but it's a good little scene and he i think one of the fellow teachers and I'm trying to remember, he doesn't really have a love interest per se in this movie, uh, which is also uh, different and kind of against the grain for most superhero films. Almost every superhero has like, even Batman who like never gets that close to anybody always has some love interest. And there's love interests like, but nothing like you don't see him actually go on a date or anything like that, I don't think, unless I'm forgetting. It is a long movie, so it could have happened at some point. But he does have people he's interested in. And this one is this teacher. I think Stacy and she steps up because he's kind of like oh crap this kid's like destroying this dude's car and he stops speaking <laughs> she comes in and finishes his line of what he was trying to say so I thought, I thought there was going to be something there but I don't think it really develops uh, and you'll see why and now it looks like uh, Townsend's old man got pretty messed up in the alley uh, they, they're, they're just bringing him from the hospital and he's pretty beat up he's in a um wheelchair he's got his arm in a sling he must have said not the face because his face <laughs> and they must have obliged because his face looks fine but uh they looks like they just probably just kicking him or something so the goldie lordies roll up and they're gold painted bmws of course and don cheeto pops out he's like the kind of cocky um side kick guy like um not sidekick guy right hand man there you go he's like the right hand man of simon he does all the, the dirty work so cheeto and the boys come in to basically remind them of hey now you know what happens when you start messing with us and getting in our way and I, he tries to like kind of like tap the his um townsend's dad on the shoulder and townsend grabs his hand and says hey don't touch my dad and so then cheeto turns around and looks at the guys like he's like hey mess these guys up and they come at Townsend and Townsend just like freaking pushes these dudes all the way across the street. So now we know he's got super strength. So he like is beating everyone's ass. Debo from Friday comes through in this movie. Uh, he's actually pretty hilarious. He doesn't even say lines, I don't think. Maybe like little things, but he's just mostly making grunty noises. Like, <laughs> you know, he's a tough guy. And he comes at 
he comes at Townsend, tries to punch him, he freaking breaks his damn arm. So then they're like, okay, so if Debo can't do it, let's just get the BMW and freaking run this dude over. So we come at him with the car. That doesn't work. The two guys that uh, he just stops the car in his tracks. Two guys fly out of the car, and it's so funny because they both fly out. And you expect Townsend to say something heroic, and he just goes, seatbelts. <laughs> it's so good. And it's so after this, uh, the guys, all the Goldie Lordies take off, and his dad yells at him like, are you using steroids? <laughs> um that was back when like if steroids were so associated with like super duper strength you know it does make you stronger and all but it doesn't make you that strong but it was funny and he uh this is when he tells his family about what happened with the meteor he's like hey ever since i got hit with this meteor this i started getting these powers and he doesn't want them to tell anybody and his mom's like hey the whole neighborhood already saw you use them he's like i know just make something up I don't want anyone to know about it. So obviously he's not comfortable with these changes that he's going through and he doesn't like this kind of attention. Like like what we've seen, he's all about avoidance. He's all about, um, he wants to get through life with as little, um, with as with little tension and with as little, you know, backlash. He just wants to get through and be left alone. But unfortunately, these powers are not going to let that happen to him. And now that, and so now we see uh, we see Townsend uh, get up in the morning. He's starting his his daily routine, but he got up late actually. This is to kind of hint that when he uses his powers, it makes him a little more tired than usual. And he's he's going to work. He doesn't have his car, uh, so or he doesn't have gas for the car. So he's waiting at the bus stop. And all of a sudden, man, the, these Goldie Lordies are getting cocky. They go there in broad daylight. They do a drive by on on Meteor Man. And they just shoot him like, I don't even know, like put like 2,000 rounds of bullets in him. I don't even know how they knew he was going to be there because this isn't his normal routine. So they must have just been driving around or scoping out his apartment. Throw tons of bullets in him and they're taking off and laughing about it. And then in the rearview mirror, the driver's like, "I he's getting up. And they look back and they're like, how the hell is he getting up? So they reverse and uh he starts running um uh, townsend starts running down the street and they're chasing him in the car and he gets so freaked out that all of a sudden he starts flying and he starts like it's almost like he jumps really really high and he just keeps going up and up and up until he hits the light post it's like one of those light posts that go kind of has that little far arm that goes into the road and he's holding on to it for dear life and the car just stops in in its tracks and they look up and it's really funny because they're like what 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 did that just happen and it's so comedically funny. It's so good. Cheeto is so talented, man. And he's like, Mario, that's the driver's name. Mario, home, please, now. <laughs> and they take off because it just freaked him out. And of course, of course, our hero is afraid of heights. <laughs> so uh, this, this, um, the way he wrote this is very similar, um, and this is, they were kind of happening sort of at the same time. They're kind of in the same time period, but it's very much like The Tick. Um, and I love The Tick. It's sort of one of those almost parodying superhero um, cliches and things like that. And um, I, I would say the way Townsend wrote it is way less silly. I think The Tick goes into a whole other silliness realm. But I like that he, he kind of sprinkled some of that into this because it just makes it so unconventional and fun. 
So Townsend's on that light post and he's freaking terrified. And unfortunately, where he fell, there's a window open and there's a lady changing. So he looks like a, a very dedicated peeping Tom. My God, how dedicated are you when you climb a damn light pole to look through a window? That's not a great escape right there. So not a good escape plan. So the she freaks out when she sees him. He's like, no, 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 no. I wasn't looking through. I'm just stuck up here. But the light is starting to break. And the... The husband sees him and he's like, I'm going to come down and beat your ass. And so he starts heading down. And luckily at the same time, the light breaks down. But when he falls, I guess he weighs like a freaking million pounds because he falls to the ground and basically creates a seismic earthquake and he cracks open the, the, the road down the street. So poor Meteor Man, he's done more damage than good so far. <laughs> but it's because he hasn't acted on it. He's just living with it and he doesn't understand what's going on. So it's really not his fault. And... He really needed, like, I think it would have been a good opportunity for, like, if Eddie Griffin had found out earlier and they could have started doing tests and stuff like that to see what he can do. I think that would have been a cool sequence, but I think this is interesting, too. He's just basically trying to live a normal life, but he's, these powers are, basic, like, in his way of having that normal life. And so there's this earthquake. He's able to run away from that guy <laughs> that saw him beeping, and he gets to his dad's, uh, well, to his parents' house. And his dad greets him and he and he has all these bullet holes in his shirt and um and the, the the dad is basically trying to tell him hey man like you have these powers now and you need to do something about it you could you could fight crime you could save you could save our neighborhood you could save the nation you could save you know what's going the war is going on and he starts like thinking big picture and it's freaking out townsend obviously because this is not something that he wants to he doesn't want this on his shoulders and his mom is gung-ho about it. She already has a costume. Uh, I would say the first draft of a costume. <laughs> which looks more like a little fancy wrestling costume right now. It's got like the little... Um, I don't know what you call that. But it's that sparkly stuff that you can put on a costume to make it really light up. And uh, and so she's gung-ho. And she's, she's working on it. She's like, I'm going to make you a costume. And of course, you know, he's still reluctant about the whole thing. Which is so interesting, you know, if I had gotten powers, I would have been ready to go out there and get some stuff done. But that's not how this guy rolls. He's probably the last guy that should have ever received powers. And that's what that's what's kind of awesome. Uh, his mom is excited, by the way, like level 3000. She's she's so hype. So now we see the gang leader yelling at Cheadle and the boys about losing Townsend. He's like, dude, obviously he was wearing a bulletproof vest. You didn't he didn't just get up because he has some kind of superpower and you don't need to make some stupid story about him flying up to a damn light pole just tell me you lost him when he was running so he doesn't believe him simon is like y'all are full of shit that's a really quick little scene and then we get to uh, another uh, community meeting and the whole community is obviously his mom was gossiping about it letting some people know and like wildfire and tight communities everybody knows and they're thanking him for using his superpowers to protect them that day and now they have a whole list of duties for him <laughs> i would have been like you know what i'm the one with the powers i will decide what i want to do but he's not that kind of guy so he just sort of sits back and let them tell him all this stuff and they want him to do patrol patrol the streets three they have a like a schedule patrol the streets three times a week they want him to wear this specific uniform so that way everyone knows when he's out there oh i love this too they're like we're gonna give you a phone with call waiting <laughs> do y'all remember call waiting i'm sure some of y'all do and i'm sure some of y'all do not know 
But call waiting was legit if you had it, just able to flip lines and stuff. Lastly, they want them, they kind of go into this like, we want you to clean up the streets and get rid of these gangs, get rid of the drugs and the drug houses. And they all start chanting his name, uh, Meteor Man, because uh, basically his mom thought of the name uh, in that last scene when he was at the house. She's like, and you'll be called the Meteor Man, which is actually an awesome name. I, I think that was really good stuff. <laughs> so they all start chanting Meteor Man in poor towns and just looks like, what the hell is happening to me? So now we see him walking all sad boy in the in the neighborhood. He just he just doesn't want this life. And it looks like the gangs came through and nearly beat Mrs. Walker to death. That's the landlady that he runs into here and there throughout the movie and obviously very close to. And she's being put into a, a stretcher and they're taking her into the ambulance and James Earl Jones is all messed up and sad about it because he was pretty close to her. And Townsend's holding him and is like, this will never happen again. And so this is actually the moment, I guess the straw that broke the camel's back and Townsend's still sick of this and he decides he wants to start fighting crime. I think I would have started once they jumped my dad, <laughs> but I guess he was really close to the landlady. <laughs> Once they've messed with my dad, I would have been like, okay, you are all going to be destroyed. Um, I Obviously, I'd be much more of a Judge Dredd, Punisher type of superhero. <laughs> I'd be very, like, walking the line. <laughs> um, I don't have time for judicial system stuff. And now we get the classic superhero costume montage, which I love. I never get sick of these. I love these. I remember the one with... Um, Jim Carrey where he's trying to figure out his costume for the Riddler in Batman Forever. And yes, I know. I know. This is not a favorite movie of a lot of people, but hey, it's nostalgia for me. I grew up with that movie and that sequence where he's trying on the different costumes is so freaking hilarious to me. And this is just as freaking funny, if not more creative, because every costume has its own thing going on and it's so freaking funny watching eddie griffin's face and his dad's face reacting to these ridiculous ass costumes that i guess his mom's making his mom must not just be a fashion designer she's like an engineer because he has like straight up <laughs> different types of devices and stuff and in, in like integrated into his costumes so he tries on one uh that is uh kind of like hockey pads with giant ass floodlights coming off his shoulders there's one where he looks more like kind of alien-ish there's one where he looks more like a spaceman there's also one that i really liked where um he he has a <laughs> he has like a giant polaroid camera attached to his shoulder he's like i got the all the evidence i need <laughs> It takes a little Polaroid of whatever crime would be happening. Oh, it's so good, man. And uh, this is also during this, all this crazy shit is happening. And you've seen all these different costumes he's trying on, red ones, blue ones. And um, and then all of a sudden, he's, you find out he has laser vision too. So he not only has x-ray vision, he has laser vision as well, akin to like Superman. Uh, except his comes out green, of course. And it takes its sweet ass time too. It goes, it's not like a fucking bing. It takes its time. But uh, I would not have trusted him to start using his... I think like he heats up a pan and the dad's holding the pan in front of him. I'm like, let's see you test this laser vision. Let's see how accurate you are first. I don't want to be hit by that. 
And so that's what happens during this whole montage. Eventually, they find the right costume. And honestly, I think the Meteor Man costume is so freaking cool looking. It's like kind of like grayish color with the emerald green cape and the, the pads that are underneath. It's just a cool look. I remember as a kid thinking that was freaking awesome. I would have totally bought a Meteor Man toy. I don't know if they ever released any toys for this, but it would be cool. I might look into that because hopefully eBay might have something. And it's pretty funny because uh, he knows at this point that he can fly. And unfortunately, because of the heights, you, they he kind of like, once they have him in the uniform, you hear like a crash because he like left the house and the everyone looks outside the apartment and you see him like four feet above the ground flying like levitating and he's going off to go fight crime and i think eddie griffin's like oh hopefully he kind of you know gets used to the height thing because <laughs> basically at this point he's like a human hovercraft he's flying but he's just like mm, real slow but eventually he gets a little more comfortable with it and now uh the first crime he stops is where where we see good old biz marquee and a bunch of dudes in white boxers because they're they're getting all the powder. It looks like cocaine to me, but I don't know what it is. And Meteor Man comes in and gives maybe the weakest break through a door and say something cool intro ever. I think it's like, drug dealer people, Meteor Man's in town. <laughs> drug dealer people got me. And he just slowly, um, he oh, so then he like blows all the freaking drug powder everywhere and blows them all away. And just ruins all the equipment and stuff and takes off. And then he, I think he's like at an apartment complex and some dudes are trying to steal a TV. And he, the, the guy that was stealing the TV is like, oh, I'm the TV repairman actually. And obviously he's bullshitting him. And uh, I think Townsend turns it on, um, our meteor man turns it on without having to have it plugged in. Because he just like shoots like a little something to it or something like that. And the neighbors hear the TV and they're like, we're going to call the cops. And so it's so funny because then he thinks he says something like, well, have a nice day. And instead of turning around and flying away, he just like backflips into the ether. <laughs> and I think there's gifts of this where he's like, Whoom! and he just like freaking backflips super far. I don't never seen I've never seen a superhero do that. And then at this point, this might be quite possibly the most staged gang battle of all time. And I know his, I know he was trying to have like a heartfelt statement here and everything, but um, it comes across very PSA uh, in this scene. So it's a little cheesy now, but I'm sure as a kid, I thought it was like, whoa, cool. Like, you know, like, damn, like, there's a gang battle. Cause you see like the Crips on one side and there's a, it's really weird because you see the Crips on one side led by Cypress Hill. <laughs> Then you see the Bloods on the other side, led by Naughty by Nature and a couple other cats in there. And then you see the cops all freaked out in the middle of all of them. And there's cars just kind of scattered throughout. Like there's, you know, they're all using their cars as like, you know, um, to duck, like as cover. And there's cars on each side. There's cop cars. I'm like, how did you even get in this position? And then needless to say, um, there's also, they're in a like a warehouse. They're like, there's a roof. <laughs> so... How did this happen? Is this a pre-planned type situation? I don't know. They just all were inside a warehouse. And so Meteor Man comes crashing through the, the building. Maybe the, the he, Townsend was like, you know what? We need him to come in strong. 
let's just have this battle happening in a giant wooden warehouse <laughs> i think he saw it in his head how he wants it to look and so it's like it's just let's just put it together like this so it's all in one shot he comes crashing down he tells everyone to drop their guns and for a second they start shooting at him trying to kill him and it's not working so they're like whoa this dude is legit like he's not just a crazy guy in a costume and he has he has them to put down their weapons they all walk toward him the cops the crips the bloods start walking toward him quietly and they're like hey man like we should you hear some guys like we should book it man like let's book it but no they they come to him and you never get to hear what he said <laughs> he must have given the greatest pitch of all time for peace um because we find out later he brought peace to the crips and the bloods in that neighborhood obviously just in that neighborhood i don't know if they've i don't think he televised it across the nation but um it was an interesting scene very psa scene gotta love it good old 90s psa scene now the golden lord leader finds the that crack house that he he blew all the that he messed up all the equipment and stuff and one of the one of his guys go and he's like man figure what figure out talk to your boy figure out what the hell happened here and he walks up he walks up to the guys in the back that were there you know in that drug house and he's like what happened here and they all just start laughing they got freaking drug like it just like i said i think it's cocaine because they're all like laughing and shit like could have been anything i don't know could have been pixie dust and so now uh eddie griffin and townsend are just chilling watching tv and there's this reporter and of course eddie thinks she's fine and he's like man i want to date her so go out with her and she reports that mirror man is there um she this is also when we find out she reports about the inner city gangs um finding peace and she's like meteor man's here to speak to us and towns is like no he's not and it turns out that it's actually uh um what's his face uh from from friday good old john witherspoon god he's so good i miss that man he i think he passed away almost a year ago or last october and um he's pretending to be meteor man and he does all that good he's like <laughs> he says something like i have like a history of boxing and so this is perfect this is a perfect transition for me <laughs> he just has like a sheet like a blanket <laughs> as his cape it's so good I'm like how did they not kind of vent uh, uh vet him a little bit more ask him a couple more questions they just let this random guy in saying that he was meteor man oh it's a classic bit anyway so uh uh-oh Guess what we have in this movie, y'all? We got a rich white. <laughs> and even more rich white about this guy, his name is Mr. Byers. <laughs> On the nose, but I love it. He's pissed about losing all this drug money. We're basically having like a drug lord roundtable meeting at this point. And he is pissed the fuck off. I've never seen such an angry rich white. Usually there's very calm because they're rich and they don't need to worry about anything. Even when things when shit hits the fan, they're still like, who cares? We'll figure this out. But this dude is fiery as hell. I need to find another movie that this guy's in because he is so intense in this movie. <laughs> they're like, hey bro, you know you you know how you're like angry at nine? Can we take that to like eleven? And this dude took it to fifteen, I think and he's super pissed and he basically says he wants meteor man dead because i think he offers more money for him to be killed than to be brought alive which is always the opposite in most movies i just thought that was hilarious so after um the drug lord roundtable meeting 
we might get one of the weirdest and interesting superhero movie scenes. And I've seen, I'm not like a huge Marvel Universe guy. I, I think maybe like, I haven't seen like three or uh, maybe like three of those. But I've seen the ones that I think are pretty good. This scene is just, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> so we get a bunch of people you know like in most superhero movies you you get like people on the radio or being interviewed and they're talking about the superhero and they're reacting to him and you have people that are like praising him and thanking him for what he's doing to the neighborhood and for uniting people but then you have people like i don't like that he has these powers i think he's dangerous and, you know you're getting all these things going on at the same time there's this cheesy smooth jazz playing <laughs> in the background and we see we see meteor man He's in like a junkyard with a bunch of rusty cars while all this is happening and you're hearing all that. He um he starts pushing the cars away um to the different sides of the the lot. It's basically an empty car lot. Um he starts pushing them out of the way and clearing out space. He's very um it's weird because it's kind of like he's just kind of uh what do you call it? Like free spirit. He has like a free spirit energy about him in this scene. He sticks his fingers in the soil. So I don't know if this is an added power. I guess it is. He sticks his fingers in the soil. And the the glowing green glow that he always, that he, that kind of he creates goes through the ground. Then he looks up into the clouds and he blows the green stuff into the clouds and then it starts raining <laughs> and then that's and so it's raining and he's just like smiling he's like ah meteor man i bring peace and this is the most captain planet shit i've ever seen in my life <laughs> if they make a captain planet movie they're they're gonna have to like take some kind of idea from this because yeah this is interesting shit man um and so then the next day you have that reporter that eddie griffin was all like dig in the other you know when when they were at the apartment and she's walking down the street talking about this new community garden that popped out of nowhere and man i don't know about eating these fruits and vegetables these bitches are radioactive as hell they're they're giant <laughs> because of his powers the fruits and vegetables came out huge so basically there's produce for the entire neighborhood and it's this huge community garden which is awesome like you know, how many times have you seen a superhero movie where the the news is covering them because they created a community garden for everybody to be able to get food? Like, what? It's just so interesting. But it's so funny how the fruit and veggies were just, I mean, insanely big, y'all. Like, <laughs> like the size of a refrigerator. So then um, now we're at the school and Townsend wants to speak to Stacy, um, but her boyfriend uh comes out of nowhere like it's like they copy pasted sinbad in this movie last minute they're like hey um did we get sinbad and they're like yeah 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 and it's like halfway through filming the like, oh, okay let's bring him in let's write up let's write a part for him <laughs> so sinbad plays uh stacy's new boyfriend and it's very interesting i guess this was um uh a way to kind of create like a a little added uh, uh um, my god i can't speak <laughs> this is a way for them to create a little added uh, comedy relief comedic relief yeah i don't know and 
he comes in and he mentions something about never um because he he wants to take her out for a date he's like hey would you like to go on a date and um and he even looks at he looks at townsend and he's like hey man like i i know about you like she's told me about you like you're you're a really awesome man and then he kind of whispers to him like yeah man i'm a little nervous because this is my my uh, first black girlfriend and i'm part of this african liberation movement and i just feeling super black and super hype <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and it's like i guess like he's playing a guy who who's african-american but wasn't raised like as part of the culture or something i don't i don't know because he also doesn't know slang or nothing he was like keep it chilly <laughs> and i'm pretty sure <laughs> i'm pretty sure tupac in the early 90s wasn't saying keep it chilly <laughs> so i think he's like trying to learn lingo and stuff uh anyway so he just sweeps her off and he, they go on a date so this is like the time because um townsend was actually just about to ask her out or like tell her something that he likes her and then he comes in and, and just takes her and I'm like, oh what the hell that was our opportunity i wanted to you know i want to i want to meet her man and get some love so that kind of bummed me out and uh sinbad and her go off to their date uh, i've never asked someone on a date and, and just tell them can we go now <laughs> usually it's like tomorrow or some other time so the next uh the next scene i figured was a goddamn nightmare sequence because townsend is alone in his uh, classroom grading papers when all of a sudden he hears oh no he hears that slinky and he's like uh oh and so he has a suitcase opened up uh in front of him almost like a laptop now and he brings the laptop down and when he brings the laptop down he looks forward and it is simon with like 15 dudes around him and then the camera goes back to townsend and all the the mini goldies are around him too i'm like are these guys ghosts how the hell did they because in the initial scene he's just grading papers alone are they ninja trained did the the what do they get trained by the foot clan from the turtles because <laughs> they were quiet anyway i was like oh he's having a nightmare but no this is reality and uh they're kind of holding him because they're like bro you're the freaking meteor man dude like we're gonna beat your ass and um eddie griffin luckily comes in and uh he had seen them come in before so he's like oh man did you hear meteor man um was able to to uh basically knock out another crack house or whatever and they believe him for some reason and uh simon is like oh oh okay and that basically makes simon realize like oh okay i guess we got the wrong guy and they take off and it's funny because they're taking off and and townsend's like hey well let's go and griffin's like wait 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 wait. let's let them leave first you know you're the one with the powers <laughs> i don't got powers i can't be messing with these dudes for some reason, it just hit me that a superhero costume is all about hiding your identity. And Townsend doesn't put nothing on his damn face. <laughs> like, nothing. And I guess the whole point of this is the community knows he has powers. They saw him use them before when he didn't have a costume. So maybe that's the whole point of it. Because usually that's... So I guess the costume is almost more of like a signifier, hey, I'm patrolling the streets. So that's what I kind of came down to my conclusion. But I remember as a kid thinking the same thing. Like, he doesn't have a mask on. It'd be one thing if, like, when he was as Meteor Man in the in the costume, if his mustache was gone. And then when he takes off the costume, his mustache just goes, Poof. 
and just <laughs> just pops right back to his lip because he i bet he looks completely different without the signature fucking stash but then again he looks dope how many there's i'm kind of curious how many mustachioed superheroes are there if y'all know any other mustachioed superheroes out there let me know i would like to read some of those comic books <laughs> maybe there's some 70s superheroes and not counting like the western comic books because that's obviously a given so anyway so um someone breaks into townsend's house we can hear the doorknob moving and someone gets in and he wakes up in the morning and the dog's trying to the dog's talking to him <laughs> and the dog's like hey bro someone broke in man like i tried to tell you but you were asleep and it turns out someone took his damn superhero costume and i think uh zin is in his car and he hears on the radio and it's eddie griffin and he's like yeah come on down um you know i can't wait to meet everybody it turns out eddie griffin is the one that took the damn costume he wants to pretend to be him so he can get ladies ah thirsty dude so then townsley goes to freaking get his costume back and also he i don't get it eddie griffin literally just saw this giant gang want to basically kill townsend because they thought he was meteor man and now he wants to pretend to be meteor man like i don't know i feel like the order was wrong they should have put this in a little sooner uh before that scene but um they didn't and so uh the obviously the goldie lordies man they heard that they heard where he was going to be so they go out to go waste him and they don't care man they'll do that in the middle of a mall because it turns out he's in the he's like in a mall and townsend's in the mall looking for him and it's so funny immediately immediately i think he says like four words chris tucker is in the scene except he's the mc um at this event basically there's like a event going on and eddie griffin set it up so like meteor man would show up to like i don't know celebrate with them and you hear chris tucker introducing him i'm like that is chris tucker like he just has such a recognizable voice you don't even have to see the dude anyway so townsend's trying to 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 go get eddie but he sees that the goldie lordies are coming through so then he starts using his laser eye vision to knock out the guns which again nobody sees the green lasers coming out of his freaking hands or his eyes i mean and shooting the guns and then at some point he accidentally I guess his laser has control or it's always kind of like at zap. It's not really burned through your freaking body like Cyclops. <laughs> it's like it's like more like a bug zapper <laughs> because he hits um it happens to be that older nurse that he ran into when he was in the hospital and she's walking in the mall and he zaps her in the booty and she turns around and sees simon and just decks him in the freaking face, which is hilarious as hell. That never gets old. I think that was also in Home Alone too. Uh, the classic booty thing and then the lady turns around and whoops in some dude's ass it's, just, it's always gonna be funny and and that throws everybody off and i think this is when eddie griffin realizes holy shit these guys are coming at me so he's trying to play it off there's this you know this girl that's trying to flirt with them and he's like oh yeah yeah girl yeah <laughs> he's like at the same time he's trying to get away and so Townsend ends up using his powers to get him out of there by making him levitate. We never, I don't remember seeing him use the levitation powers before this other than um, when we saw um, that shitty guy using it earlier. And so I don't know if this is when we find out he has levitation powers. So he has levitation powers. So we're adding that to the list now. And he starts levitating Eddie Griffin into the air. And it, everyone's like, oh, look, he's flying. <laughs> and so he, he takes him all the way out of the, the mall. And one of the 
um, the drug lord is there. I guess they were also looking to kill him, and it's um, it's um, Luther Vandross is there. I forget the name of his character. I think it's like Jameson or something like that. And he's he was like it was obvious he's the only one in the whole mall that could tell that Townsend was using powers. <laughs> he's like doing this little finger thing to make Eddie Griffin fly around and shit. And finally, someone saw. So then Townsend gets super pissed off at Eddie Griffin, and uh, Griffin is like apologizing and apologizing, but he doesn't care. He rips the damn costume off him. He throws him in the air and rips the costume off, and so now he's just in his boxers. And he takes and he puts. He, I think he he just holds the uniform and Townsend flies away in front of everybody once again. He just does not give a shit if you know who he is. <laughs> That's one thing you learn about Meteor Man. He does not give a shit about secret identity. So he flies off. And now the community um, gives a little surprise party for Meteor Man because he's been doing a pretty good job. And they're they're not even finished celebrating, but they're like 10 minutes in the celebration and they're already giving him more shit to do. <laughs> this, the Like the town leader or whatever, um, I forget her name, but she runs all the community meetings. She starts giving him more shit to do. I forget what she says, but it's like, damn, man, can't you let this guy chill for a second? All of a sudden you hear this big old boom, so everyone goes out. I don't I don't think that was a good idea. If you hear a big old bang outside and, you, and you're in a, in a neighborhood that tends to have um, gang activity, maybe stay inside and look out the window first before you get into the damn street. So then Meteor Man goes out and uh, Simon blew up a car and they're, uh, I think they're around his mom. And the mom gets away and then Simon just starts, Simon and his guys start shooting at the crowd. But Meteor Man apparently has super speed. So now we see that he has super speed now. And he grabs all the bullets in his hands. But because he used so much power, we get a signifier that it's not a permanent thing. Because all of a sudden, um, he looks at his hands where he grabbed the bullets and they're bleeding. So he was able to stop them. But I think as he was doing it, his power was weakening. And now the powers are starting to fade a little. And this thing kind of reminded me of the mask um, because Jim Carrey's uh, mask character did this like kind of like moving really fast and stopping bullets and shit like that. And this movie came out a year before. So, <laughs> so they, 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 uh, they might owe uh, Townsend a little bit of money for that idea. And now, so now we're back in the school and Eddie Griffin apologizes for being a horny dickhead friend. And it looks like, um, Rich White is arriving at the Townsend's apartment. And unfortunately, Townsend is super freaking weak and tired because he's losing his powers. He used a lot of them that night. So he is knocked out cold. The dog actually manages to pull him off his bed and drag him away to hide him. And Rich White is looking through there and he can't find him. And Simon shows up at the same time because Simon is still, still trying to take him out as well. And they run into each other. And Byers is like, you better find this dude. Or else you're done, basically, is what he tells him. So luckily, the dog saved saved him in that moment. And, uh, and also, this is when I forgot. I was like, oh, yeah, Eddie Griffin's like a science teacher because he comes out of nowhere. Uh, and they finally, Townsend wakes up. And he says something about Townsend's molecular structure being changed by the meteor. And when he uses his powers too much, it gets drained. And they, the, the gang has now come through and completely... I guess that... Um, after they didn't find him in the apartment, they just messed up the neighborhood. They graffitied everything. They 
wreck stuff, burn cars and all that. So now the completely the community has completely turned their backs on Meteor Man. They were so gung-ho about him at first and now they want to use him as like a uh, a way to bid with the to set up a deal with the gangs like if we can get rid of Meteor Man, then leave us alone. Which is super sad, man. It's like, damn, really? And so uh, Townsend gives a really nice uh, little sappy uh, early 90s speech. And he just tells them, like, I'll just leave. You don't need to... Because they were going to vote of who wants him to leave and who wants him to stay. And the timing couldn't be any worse because right now he doesn't have any powers anyway. But um, he's like, don't even bother voting. I'm just going to leave. <clears throat> so Townsend is talking to Eddie Griffin... And that is when we see the mini Goldie scoping out the apartment. And they let the crew know that he's home. And they get these giant 18-wheeler trucks in a very specific formation. And I don't know exactly what that's about. I, I kept waiting for that to come into play. And I'm trying to remember if it did or not. I guess it was to, like, keep anyone from leaving the neighborhood. I'm guessing, like, almost like a roadblock. And uh, I thought something was going to come out of it. Like, I thought they had, like, artillery or something. I'm like, damn, what are they going to do to this neighborhood? Or what are they going to do to Meteor Man? And so they let the crew know. And Simon calls Meteor Man out in the most comic booky, funny, bad guy way. He's like, Meteor Man! <laughs> and um, this is when you get the the... Where now it's not Meteor Man being a superhero, it's it's his character, it's his it's his regular form becoming a hero, you know? And he decides to actually go out there and face Simon and Eddie Griffin's like, Bro, are you sure you want to go out there? You don't have your powers right now and he doesn't care, he goes out there and he's in normal clothes. I would have pretended to be like Meteor Man, maybe that would intimidate him or something, but he was like, Nope, I'm not even gonna do that. So Simon kind of is messing with his mind um, because obviously Townsend is more innocent and gullible and he's like, hey man, I'm sorry about everything we've done to the neighborhood. We're going to be moving out to New York. So, hey, let's let bygones be bygones. He holds out his hand to shake his hand, but instead when Townsend reaches out to shake his, boom! Simon punches him in the face and we get ourselves a good old street fight. So Townsend's getting his ass kicked at first. is getting whooped. Just swing after swing. And the um, the dirty man who shall not be named, who shall not be named, goes out into the street with a bunch of his dogs that he can speak to as well, obviously, because he has the same powers as Meteor Man. And James Earl Jones is all crying in his apartment. Nobody wanted to help him, you know. Uh, he's out there alone, and James Earl Jones is crying in his apartment because he can just hear, you know, um, Townsend in his ass wolf. But Eddie Griffin does go out there and he tries to help him, but they knock him out like right away. And the fights continue, but then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Townsend starts getting some swings in. He starts getting some punches in, uh, and they they start actually. He actually starts getting a couple hits, and obviously Simon's getting pissed off about all this. And so then they are about to shoot uh, Simon specifically is about to shoot Townsend, but James Earl Jones has some goddamn ninja aim with records and hits the the from he's like on the second or third floor of the apartment complex he throws a record down hits simon's hand which makes him drop the gun which is insane and then simon goes to get the gun again and i think a kid kicks the gun out of his hand then and then all the other little mini goldies start going at the kid it's one of the it's the two kids that actually know him from the school and i guess they were finally like hey man this isn't right you know like 
we need to do something about this. And so they decided to help him to help Townsend. And Simon's like, y'all made a mistake. And so then he, he goes to grab his gun. The rest of the gang also has their guns out at this point, And they're all pointing at, at Townsend. So the creepy man who shall not be named uses that meteor rock that he has to take all the guns away from the, the Goldie Lordies. And now the whole community is like starting to come out to mess up them, you know, and to get in a big old battle. He's throwing his priceless records out the window, which is hurting my heart. But hey, he's helping. Eddie Griffin starts fighting. And it's funny because he, he gets a good swing on a dude. He's like, that's right. I ain't scared of you. But then he grabs him and he starts whooping his ass. He's like, hey, man, we shouldn't be doing this. We got to stop this black on black crime. <laughs> Just... <laughs> Wait, he's getting, he just gave it a freaking hilarious way too. It's so good. Um, and now the meteor gets hit out of gets hit out of the hands of the monster man in this movie, and both Meteor Man and Simon grab the rock at the same time. So they both get the superpowers like split between them uh, both. And now Meteor Man is fighting the whole damn gang at this point, and Simon comes in and throws Meteor Man through a damn truck. So now he has he's he has all the same powers as Meteor Man. And at this point, it happened to be a truck full of books. And Meteor Man puts his hand on a book from Bruce that's about Bruce Lee, about learning um, martial arts. So all of a sudden, he can fight all badass for, you know, the time limited. Debo is there this whole time just kind of rubbing his cast. <laughs> He's like, oh, man, I think I'm about as healed. I'm ready to rock. And so he rips the cast off. Talk about bad timing. He should have done this when Townsend didn't have the powers yet. So he comes up to him and he starts trying to swing on him, breaks his other arm, breaks his, both his legs. <laughs> and so he's done already. And he starts fighting Simon. Oh, no, I think they, they, they sick one of the, they have like a Kung Fu kid, of course. They have a Kung Fu kid and they start trying to fight. But Meteor Man takes that kid out pretty quick and the kid runs home. And he's like, I ain't having none of this. And then, uh. All of a sudden, he loses the fighting power, and so he's looking around for the book. And he grabs a book that looks similar to the Bruce Lee one, but it's a runway model instructional book, which I didn't even know they made. And he's like, oh, crap. So then he throws it at Simon, so then Simon grabs the book, and now they both have runway model powers. <laughs> and now they start voguing and looking at each other real serious, and they start slapping at each other. It's actually pretty funny. I think it's still held up. It was pretty funny. You see, uh, the powers were off, of course, of the Vogue powers. And Simon's pissed off. And he instead of instead of hurting Meteor Man, he hurts him emotionally. He throws a freaking giant um, garbage uh, giant garbage can uh, at the dog. And it looks like, dude, I think he killed the dog, which is a cardinal sin. You don't kill dogs and cats and shit in movies, but... Um, at first, I was like, whoa, I don't remember this as a kid. But this is the tail end. And, you know, I was probably almost starting to fall asleep at this point at the drive-in. <laughs> so um, now he throws Townsend all the way to the top of the apartment complex. And this is when we see Simon going full-blown, you know, crazy superpower villain. He's like, shoot me, shoot me. And... I was like, are you sure? He's like, shoot me. So he starts shooting bullets at him. He's like, oh, ha, ha, I'm invincible. I'll take over the world. He's going all crazy. And then all of a sudden, um, Meteor Man 
He's in he's in his uniform. I don't know where it was. <laughs> I guess he flew back to get it and then went back to the apartment complex. I don't know how we got his uniform, but it's there. And he, he's wearing it. And he's like, not if I have anything to do with it. I'm not sure if that's what he says. but So then he goes down and they start fighting again. He also... Um, the gang starts taking taking him on. He gets he beats up the gang. They run away. He ties up all the little mini goldies together with their clothes, <laughs> like in a circle, which is kind of funny. You can actually find that scene, uh, that photograph of that scene on online, and it's really hilarious because they're all like little little kids all tied up, like oh man. Um, Simon, I forgot before all that. He he comes down, ties up Simon in a bunch of cords. And I guess he has the power to absorb the me- absorb the meteor from somebody else. So he actually takes the meteor powers from Simon. And now he's extra powerful. And so, yeah, so he beats everybody up. And who should not be named. Uses what's left of his meteor powers to heal the, the dog somehow. I guess there's also healing aspect. The meteor basically is whatever you need to do at that moment. You have that power. <laughs> and he helps the dog come back to life because the, the ribs are all broken. And the powers, uh, meteor man's powers are already wearing off again. So now we see all of a sudden all the drug lords coming through. And all, you know, they're all they're all filing in in their freaking nice cars and they're ready to kill meteor man and he's losing his powers at this point so you're sort of like oh shit he's like incredibly vulnerable at the worst time rich white says uh finally i get to meet meteor man man (laughs) and um they're all about to shoot meteor man but all of a sudden here come the crips and the blood the united united gang and they let Rich White know that um, he needs to leave Meteor Man alone. And it looks like uh, uh, Rich White's like, whatever, man. Let's just shoot Meteor Man. Who gives a shit what these guys have to say? Because there's only a few guys. But then all of a sudden, they all pop up along the apartment complex in the neighborhood. And there's like freaking 100 of them. I don't even know. But everyone came out. And so he, Rich White freaks out. He's like, all right, let's go, let's go. But then the cops come in. They arrest all of them. Uh, I'm not sure what they're arresting him for. I guess maybe they've been looking for them already. You know, they they did have guns out and they were pointing at Meteor Man. So I guess you could say attempted murder. And so he starts arresting all of them. And Cypress Hill tells Meteor Man that uh, they're there for him anytime that he needs them. I don't know if I don't know how they knew this was happening though. I guess they're such a tight neighborhood. They heard all this commotion and they came through. And then Cypress Hill um, and Naughty by Nature like call all of them to come through. I don't even know. But they all just miraculously are there, which is good because, shit, man, they would have freaking killed Meteor Man. And so then um, uh, so then at this moment, uh, he just kind of looks up at the sky and uh, it's over. <laughs> there's no, like, I mean, there's that giant battle and everything with Simon and stuff, but, like, there's not, like, this huge way. To, it doesn't even end, like, where it might be a sequel. It's just, like, and it's over. And he's smiling and everything. And he doesn't have his powers at this moment, but, you know, he saved the community. The end. <laughs> and that is Meteor Man, everybody. And I will say, you know, there were some uh, some very, very, a ton of pretty awesome characters in this movie. Very memorable performances. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and give you a quick impression of one of them. This is Quick Impressions. <laughs> 
quick impressions. It's like all of you. We're going to be taking a vacation along with Meteor Man. Have a nice trip. Maybe you should think about taking a little vacation. What? What? Looks like all of you are going to be taking a vacation along with Meteor Man. Have a nice trip. Maybe you should think about taking a little vacation. What? What? <laughs> oh, shit. Hope you enjoyed that. <laughs> all right, so as you all know, and if you don't know and this is your first time listening, first of all, thank you for listening. And second of all, uh, so I rate my I rate the movies that I review uh, by my favorite mustaches, uh, Fu Manchu, full recommendation. Um, uh, Walrus mustache, I almost forgot. Walrus mustache is pretty damn good. Horseshoe mustache is, uh, eh. and uh, toothbrush mustache. Hey, I said it right. And the Hitler mustache, as we all know, is burn this motherfucker. So I give the Meteor Man. The Full Manchu. I give it the full Fu Manchu recommendation. I love this movie. I think it still holds up. There's obviously some stuff, like I said, is very 90s PSA. But I think because Townsend genuinely had a lot of heart that he put into this movie and was trying to make uh, a movie with a message that was also funny, um, that was also a comedy. And it does come across like a very long um, sitcom type episode. But I still think there's a lot of... Um, there's still some fun action. I like all the powers he integrated into it. I mean, he basically um, was able to make a superhero that it's kind of interesting when he has, I feel like I said interesting way too much in this episode, so I apologize, but it is. It's cool because when he has the meteor powers, he is more possibly about as powerful as Superman, you know, but it's limited. It can go away at any moment if he doesn't, you know, when he doesn't have the me the meteor uh, rock around so it, it's kind of it's one of those things like it's not what defines him there's much more to him than just that and i like that about this movie i like that he he's his whole personality is different than than your typical superhero he's so reluctant in the beginning but then he finds a way to be able to heal the community and even his and even as when he wasn't meteor man really didn't want to he just didn't want to deal with any of that. He didn't want to be involved in the community. He didn't want to try to make a difference there. He just wanted to be able to do his own thing. He was almost like one of those very self-centered people that just doesn't want to get involved in anything. They just want to be able to focus on their own stuff. And I think once he got the powers and he saw how much suffering was going on, he really looked at it because this whole time he was so busy avoiding it that he didn't notice it as much. And he knew what to avoid. He knew what was dangerous, but he didn't see what they were doing to everything else around him. And once it got more personal and he got these powers, he decided to do something about it. I love that whole adventure aspect of it. I wish we could have seen him do more stuff and fight more crime and things like that. But that's not what this movie's about. I think it's about the the community aspect about it. It's about the family aspect about it and and, and what it takes to, to be able to heal a community and to bring a community together. And I think a lot of people are like... Um, the fact that this is the the first um, black superhero on on that's ever been in a film, I think a lot of people are like, oh yeah, well this isn't that great because it shows that you need a superhero to be able to to fix crime 
you know, in the in certain communities and this and that, like in rough communities or in big city communities, um, like the one I grew up in. And I don't think that's what the message is, though. I think on the surface, that's the way it seems when if you're just looking at the surface of the movie. But I think the movie does a great job if you really pay attention to it, that it wasn't so much his powers. His powers made a splash. But really what's going to make uh, the biggest impact in the long term is everybody coming together. Like in the end, the whole community comes in and actually does actionable things to heal the community instead of just talking about it in a room all day, which is a big part of it. But there's also you need action and people all need to come together. There's no one person that's going to heal a community. I'll get off my soapbox. Anyway, so <laughs> everyone already stopped listening. <laughs> Like, shut the fuck up, Daniel. What the hell do you know about this? <laughs> but anyway, I love the movie. I think it's still, I, it might be nostalgia. I, it might be. Uh, there's certain parts, and it is a little long, but I think because he wrote it, he directed it, you want all of the stuff that you thought of to be in the movie. You know, so I totally get him doing that. I do that with this podcast. I end up making it way longer than it should be because I want to say all the stuff I want to say. <laughs> uh, not that I'm comparing my podcast. Obviously, what he did is amazing uh, and very, very difficult to do. And so I, I really, I really love how well this came together. I think Robert Townsend is awesome. I want to see more of his movies. Uh, he still has a very prolific career. He's a professor at USC. He's still directing a ton of stuff. I, I just think the guy is awesome. And I'm so glad that he brought this superhero to all of us for all of us to enjoy. And for little Daniel, little Danielito, eight years old, to enjoy and to see a superhero up there doing the doing his thing. I just had such a good time with it. Um, hey, if y'all ever want to recommend a movie or if you want to just keep up with me, check me out on, on Instagram at Mustachio Podcastio. You can also find me on Twitter at mpodcastio. You can also find Mustachio Podcastio on Facebook. Just search it. I'm sure it'll pop up. I don't think there's any other thing called Mustachio Podcastio. <laughs> Feel free to send me any movie recommendations you might have. Uh, today was a solo cholo, but you know I'll be getting some more guests on um, in August and in September as well. So stay tuned for those. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate all the people that enjoy this uh, podcast. I, I really just, I just really like having fun and doing this stuff. So I'm so glad y'all are enjoying it too. Anyway, thank y'all so much. Have a good one. Bye.